Well, hey everyone, man, if I haven't had the chance to meet you, my name is Michael and I'm one of the pastors on staff here at Blackhawk Church. I just wanna say welcome to everyone who's joining us online, both in Madison and really, I mean, around the globe. I'm so glad that you're with us. Now, we are in a series called I Am and I love this series. I love that we're going through the different I Am statements that Jesus made and I love the one that we're gonna talk about today. But before we get to that, I actually wanna share something that happened with me just to see if the same sort of things happen with you. Okay, so the other day, or maybe it was like a week ago, I was walking uh, by state off of State Street in downtown Madison, walking, minding my own business, when all of a sudden I saw someone who goes to Blackhawk's downtown campus. Okay, now I know what you might be thinking. Cool, you saw someone who goes to Blackhawk's downtown campus. Big deal. But here's the, here's the thing, it was a big deal. I mean, people, this is October, and I haven't seen this person since the beginning of March, since social distancing became a thing. And I used to see this person like at least once a week. I mean, it's a big deal. Okay, so this is how it played out, because it's a little goofy. <laughs> so I'm walking, my head's down, minding my own business. I kind of look up and boom, I saw them eye contact, both of us stop. And then apparently making a normal situation as awkward as it can be, my mouth got wide and my eyes got wide. <laughs> I started pointing at them. I started shouting. Yes, people are walking all around me thinking, oh my goodness, what is this weirdo doing? I mean, probably. And I started saying, oh my goodness, it's you. It's you. It's really, really you. I can't believe it. And then I leaned in for a hug, but then they put their hands in front of me because COVID and then keeping my hands there, I started to moonwalk backwards. Here's the deal, I can't moonwalk, so it was really goofy. And apparently trying to make a situation that became awkward as normal as it could be, they said, okay, Michael, great. I'm so glad that you're here. Yes, it's me, awesome, calm down, buddy. So, After that initial interaction, man, we started talking and talking and talking. And the whole thing reminded me just of all the different people that I used to be connected to in one way or another, but because of COVID have slowly become disconnected. And I wonder if the same sort of things happen with you. And if you're anything like me, I mean, this disconnection doesn't stop with just the different people that I used to see, but, but really, I've become more and more disconnected with God. I mean, the different rhythms and routines that I had when it comes to connecting with God because of COVID have slowly, honestly, begun to, to unravel. And, and I wonder if the same things happen with you. <laughs> And maybe you're listening to this and you're thinking, man, actually I've never felt connected to God before or been connected, but man, I'm at a place where I'm interested in learning more about that. And if that's you, we'd love to talk with you. But wherever you're at, today's I Am message is focused on what it could look like to become connected to and remain connected to Jesus. So for our passage today, I wanna do something a little bit different. I just wanna invite you to sit back, Relax and keep looking at your screens. I am the true vine and my father is the gardener. He cuts off every branch in me that bears no fruit. 
while every branch that does bear fruit, he prunes so that it will be even more fruitful. You are already clean because of the word I have spoken to you. Remain in me as I also remain in you. No branch can bear fruit by itself. It must remain in the vine. Neither can you bear fruit unless you remain in me. I am the vine, you are the branches. If you remain in me and I in you, you will bear much fruit. Apart from me, you can do nothing. If you do not remain in me, you are like a branch that is thrown away and withers. Such branches are picked up, thrown into the fire and burned. If you remain in me and my words remain in you, ask whatever you wish and it will be done for you. This is to my Father's glory that you bear much fruit, showing yourselves to be my disciples. As the Father has loved me, so have I loved you. Now remain in my love. If you keep my commands, you will remain in my love, just as I have kept my Father's commands and remain in His love. I have told you this so that my joy may be in you and that your joy may be complete. My command is this, love each other as I have loved you. Greater love has no one than this, to lay down one's life for one's friends. You are my friends if you do what I command. Wow, that was awesome, that was amazing. And the footage that you saw was shot at Wollersheim's Winery here in Dane County. And man, this passage is a great passage, but there's a lot going on. I mean, it's all really important stuff, but I mean, there's a lot. And you know, because of that, I actually wanna narrow it down and talk about the different things in this passage that can help us in our connection with, with Jesus, especially during a time when so many of us can feel disconnected. So with that, man, it's, it's both interesting. I mean, it's really interesting and important to focus on the identity that Jesus has given you that was said in this passage. Now, I don't know if you remember the identity that Jesus gave you, but it's really, really good. It's powerful. It's gonna change your life. Do you remember it? Okay, I'll tell you it. So the identity that Jesus gave you is a branch. <laughs> you are a branch. Now, I mean, I know what you might be thinking. Okay, cool, Michael. I'm a branch. Also, I've been called more flattering things, and I get that. But in this passage, Jesus is saying that you are a branch and that he is the vine. And it's important to, to understand what this metaphor is talking about, how we are a branch and he is a vine, in order to better understand the point that Jesus is trying to make in this passage. And because of that, I just want to take a step back and, and talk about a branch's physical relationship with a vine. That's right, we're going horticulture 101 people. Okay, so right here. I know you've been looking at it probably the whole time. This is a grapevine. And that's important because this is the exact same vine that Jesus is talking about in this passage. And we actually picked this grapevine. It's, it's wild here from Madison. And so this is a grapevine. And there's a lot of things going, uh, going on with this plant. There's leaves, there's fruit, there's branches, and there's a vine. And now the vine is extremely important in this because the vine is what provides growth 
and life to the plant. So down here, the, the vine has roots, which bring up moisture and, and, and nutrients from the soil. And then these moisture and nutrients then pass through the vine and then reach a branch. And then it continues and it passes through the branch. You see this moisture and nutrients are like kind of the building blocks for life. And then it ends with leaves, which turn to flowers, which turn to fruit. And this is really important to know that the vine is the provider of this life. And the branches are extremely important because although fruit does grow from the branch, the fruit really grows from the nutrients and the moisture that's passed through the branch. You see, that connection that the branch has with the vine is extremely important because without that, fruit won't grow. And if the branch wasn't connected, the branch would I mean, die. And in this passage, Jesus is saying that, that you are the branches and that he is the vine and to remain connected to him, to embrace your branch identity. But in order to do that, in order for us to, to embrace this branch identity, according to this passage, we're also gonna need to embrace a few important things. And because of these important things that we need to embrace, because they're so important, I actually want to spend the rest of our time today talking about them. So with that, the first, the first thing that we are to embrace in our branch identity is we embrace the mission of God. Okay, so let's talk culture, people. Madison in Wisconsin, well, really Wisconsin has a lot of farms, which is awesome. But Wisconsin doesn't only have a lot of farms. Actually, America has a lot of farms. But, but just because America has a lot of farms doesn't mean that every person is extremely familiar with all things agriculture. But in Jesus's time, when Jesus was saying this I am statement, everyone who was listening, when he said vine, they knew what he was talking about because the grapevine had such deep cultural significance. And we have different words in our vocabulary that when we use it, we understand what, what we're intending to mean because these words have deep cultural significance too. For example, okay, let's try something. At your homes, I'm gonna say, say a few things and you think of the first thing that comes to your mind and you could either say it out loud or just think about it, but okay. So when I say the words bald eagle, you think, yep, America, that's great, okay. When I say the words Bucky the Badger, you think, you think yep, UW-Madison, that's awesome. Okay, last one. When I say the Cubs, you think, yes, an inferior baseball team. <laughs> Just joking, that was for you, Chris. <laughs> Please don't fire me. <laughs> but when, when Jesus said the vine, everyone knew what he was talking about because everyone knew that Israel was the vine. You see, before Jesus even said this I am statement that he is the true vine, everyone knew of Israel as the vine. I mean, you actually couldn't go anywhere in Jerusalem without just kind of seeing different images of the vine everywhere. I mean, it was on their coins right there. Here's a little grape, vine. I mean, it was even on their temple. Here's a picture of the temple right there. It's kind of hard to see, but it's this golden grapevine at the top of their temple. I mean, you couldn't go anywhere in Jerusalem without seeing images of the vine because Israel was 
the vine. Psalm 80 says this. You transplanted a vine from Egypt. You drove out the nations and planted it. You cleared the ground for it and it took root and filled the land. The mountains were covered with its shade, the mighty cedars with its branches. Its branches reached as far as the sea. It shoots as far as the river. Israel was the vine and the mission that God gave Israel was to spread over all the world like a vine spreads, just bearing fruit. I mean, Israel was to, to spread this mission of his kingdom of love and, and, and redemption over everywhere so that those who were not connected to the vine could see these fruits and then become connected and participate in this mission. I mean, man, talk about a big mission. That's awesome. But unfortunately, this was something that Israel just couldn't do which led Yahweh to say through the prophet Isaiah, what more could have been done for my vineyard than I have done for it? When I looked for good grapes, why did it yield only bad? Now I will tell you what I am going to do to my vineyard. I will take away its hedge and it'll be destroyed. I will break down its wall and it will be trampled. I will make it a wasteland, neither pruned nor cultivated and briars and thorns will grow there. I will command the clouds not to rain on it. The vineyard of the Lord Almighty is the nation of Israel and the people of Judah are the vines he delighted in. And he looked for justice, but saw bloodshed, for righteousness, but heard cries of distress. Israel, the vine, was trampled, broken, just dispersed. I mean, if they had any sort of hope, it, it probably seemed pretty dim. Until one day, Jesus came and said, I am the true vine. Where you failed, Israel, I am. You see, in that I am statement, Jesus was saying that that Israel's source of strength, that, that our source of strength for, for partnering and completing this mission is no longer dependent on our strength alone, but our source of strength is now on God. Where Israel failed, Yahweh, Jesus, the I am, I mean, he prevailed. And now Jesus is saying that he is the true vine and that we are the branches, which is awesome. I mean, it's very poetic. It's just dripping with metaphor. But like time out. <laughs> I mean, what does that actually mean? I mean, what does it actually mean to be a branch connected to a vine? Like Jesus, what are we supposed to do with that? It means this. Just as a vine's primary method for producing fruit is through the branch. God's primary method for spreading the mission of his kingdom is through you. You are a branch and God wants to use you for great things. I mean, to change the world. But in order to do that, we have to make the decision to become connected 
to God for our lives to follow the life of Jesus. Essentially, it's wanting God's mission to become our life's mission. But here's the thing. When we do that, when we make the decision for for God's mission to become our mission, we'll find that there are things that come in conflict with God's mission in our lives. Things that come in conflict with divine, broken and dead things. Things that, I mean, honestly, a gardener would just cut off. Which brings me to the second thing that we're to embrace. We're to embrace pruning by God. So at the beginning of this passage, Jesus says this. I am the true vine and my father is the gardener. He cuts off every branch in me that bears no fruit while every branch that does bear fruit, he prunes so that it'll be even more fruitful. Now, I remember the first time that my dad uh, taught me what pruning was all about. You see, I don't know about your family. I kind of feel like every family is like really good at something or their family's about something. Like my family's good at sports or my family goes to our lake cabin. We're a lake family. We're a gardening family. So take it, I don't know if that's a good thing or a bad thing, but my parents, they had luscious, beautiful garden in the front yard, backyard, potted plants inside. People would admire it. In fact, their parents, the same thing. Their parents' parents, it goes on for generation and generation. Like the Napstad family is a gardening family and they're kind of proud about it. But, but I kind of jokingly say that because I am a terrible gardener. Like I'm the worst. I mean, it definitely skipped a line because I've owned through the years many, many plants and actually every single one of them have died. <laughs> and I've tried, like I've really tried to make these plants just stay alive. Uh, in fact, I knew I hit rock bottom when a friend got me a cactus and within like two months, I killed the cactus. I was like, how do, you, how do you kill a cactus? <laughs> oh my goodness. So my dad knew that I wasn't that good of a gardener. So when I was younger, he wanted to teach me lef- lessons on what it would look like to become a successful gardener. And that day's lesson was on pruning. So I remember my dad, he took these pruning shears and he's like, all right, son, we're gonna prune our grapevine. You see, he had this big grapevine in our backyard that kind of looked a lot like this. It was beautiful. And he's like, okay, be careful when it comes to these shears, these are pruning shears. And I'm like, okay, pop, I will. And then he said, okay, so when you prune a branch, what you're doing is cutting away different dead things, unfruitful things, or just branches in general, so that in the next season, what will happen is that they will be more fruitful. And I'm like, okay, dad, It's kind of weird. And then he kept cutting and he kept cutting and he kept cutting and he kept cutting. And I became shocked. I was thinking like, are you kidding me? How can cutting something make it become more fruitful in the next season? Yet my dad still kept cutting and kept cutting and kept cutting. And then soon what looked like this beautiful, luscious plant turned out to look a lot like this thing. It was like a little windy stick with these little nubby branches and I didn't get it. I didn't understand how that would produce more fruit, but sure enough, months and months later, there was more fruit on the vine than there was in the previous year. Pruning's 
fantastic. It's, it's amazing. But here's the thing about pruning in, in our lives. Pruning can hurt. A part of pruning is allowing God to cut away different things in our lives, broken, sinful, unfruitful things that don't ultimately glorify him. Things that we can find ourselves becoming so attached to or so connected to more than him. I mean, things like pornography, alcohol, binge watching shows, social media, the list goes on and on. And I actually wanna be really honest with you all. In this season, I found myself becoming more connected to my phone than to the vine. Especially when I think about how much this thing owns me. And if I'm even more honest, a lot of the times I've treated this as my vine. What's your vine? What are the different things in your life that if you're honest with yourself, you find yourself becoming more attached to, more influenced by, more connected to than you are to God? And how's that going for you? I mean, maybe it's your phone. Maybe it's politics. Maybe it's the news. Maybe it's what other people think about you. I don't know. My question for you is what would it look like to let those things be pruned? To acknowledge that there are some things in our lives that we are just holding onto. And now these aren't necessarily bad things. In fact, these things can be good, even useful tools in our lives that can actually help us become more connected to God. But the the issue becomes when we make these things the most important things in our lives, because when we make these things the most important things in our lives, we think that it's going to be our source of life. Listen to me, this thing, it's not gonna give me that type of life. This won't give me the love-filled, redemption-dripping life that only Jesus has to offer. And because of that, what would it look like to let these things be cut back, to be pruned? Now, pruning is fascinating. I actually took a a pretty deep dive into pruning, as one does. (laughs) And I found that so many things about it, but one of the most important things is that pruning's benefits reach far beyond the branch. I mean, we just talked about how pruning in our lives, even though it can hurt, can be good for us because it can ultimately connect us more to God. But pruning goes a lot farther than that. Because, okay, when when you prune a branch, What's happening is you're sending that plant into shock. And the plant thinks, oh my goodness, I'm getting cut everywhere, what's going on? Oh no, I don't know how much longer I'm gonna survive, maybe a day, two, a month, a year, two years, less. Okay, I need to reproduce, that's what the plant thinks. So the plant goes on and says, okay, I need a flower, I need to set seed, and I need to produce as much offspring for the next future generation. You see, pruning tells a plant that instead of growing, instead of putting its resources into growing bigger branches, to put its resources into growing more fruit. In other words, pruning does not make a branch grow stronger. Pruning makes a branch grow fruitful. 
And that's a really, really important thing to try to understand because understanding that will better help us understand a point that Jesus is trying to make in this passage. But understanding that point can be a little difficult for us because, I mean, because of the culture that we live in. The Bible was written for us, not to us. And the culture that we live in today is so individualistic. We think, how can I grow bigger? I mean, how can I grow stronger? But that's not what pruning does. You see, pruning's purpose is not to ultimately benefit the branch, but to produce more fruit. Because the reason a branch goes through pruning is to spread the life of the vine. Pruning is less about building our kingdom. And it's more about building God's kingdom. And when we go through that, when we allow ourselves to go through pruning, what happens is we'll start to notice the fruit in our lives, the the product of our lives. They'll look a lot like what Galatians 5 says the fruits of the spirit are. They're gonna look like love, Joy, peace, patience, kindness, goodness, faithfulness, gentleness, and self-control. That's what our lives will produce when we go through pruning and when we say, God, prune me. You see, God, there are things in my life that are sinful. There are things that I'm distracted by that I shouldn't be distracted by. Things that I look at, things that I think about. There are things that aren't of you. So God, please prune me prune me and when we go through that pruning the hope then is that we will grow and we will show these fruits to a world that's in desperate need of them the fruits of the vine so that those who are not connected to the vine won't won't help but look at these fruits and say man i want that i want that how can i become connected because it's God's desire that every single person would become and remain connected to him. Which brings me to the last thing that we are to embrace in our branch identity. We are to embrace a personal relationship with God. Now, if you've been around the church for a while, there's a good chance that you've heard the phrase, a personal relationship with God. But I actually wanna take a little bit of time and unpack what that phrase means because it's a phrase that talks about a relationship that will change everything. I mean, think about it. Think about it. If God is who he says he is, and here at Blackhawk Church, we believe that God is, then God is all-loving. God is all-powerful. He's the creator of everything. God is the I am. And I mean, just, just think about that. Think about the implications of that name, that title, I am. Think about what that means. I mean, often we don't spend a lot of time thinking about that. It means this, that God just spoke, just said a word, and billions and billions of galaxies were created. I mean, the sun, God thought of it, and it was there. The moon, oh yeah, I want a moon. That was his idea. Every star is in the sky because of God. Listen, there is nothing bigger or more powerful than Yahweh because he created everything, and he's above everything. That's why his name is the I Am, and the thing that is the most important to the I Am 
the thing that matters most to him that he calls the most important out of all of his creation, the only thing that was made in his image, the only thing that he was willing to die for, the only thing that is so intimate with him that he says it's like his own body, the only thing that means everything to the one who created everything is you. You. You matter. Each of us is individually known and loved by the I am. Jesus said these words and and hear them. As the Father has loved me, so have I loved you. Now remain in my love. The I am loves you. I mean, are you kidding me? Are you serious? The I am loves you, and I get it. I get that you might not feel that. I get that the only thing that you might feel is disconnection. I get that. But, but Jesus is saying that he loves you. You're loved. And I love what Jesus went on to say. He said, greater love has no one than this to lay, one's, uh, to lay down one's life for one's friends. You are my friends if you do what I command. I mean, Jesus loves you so much that he laid his life down for you. But not only that, he calls you his friend. Now, some of you might be listening to this right now and, and you're thinking, okay, I hear that. I can get that God is all powerful, but honestly, he seems far off. If I really think about it, I I honestly feel that God is disappointed with me. Or I honestly think, if if I'm being real honest, Michael, I think that God really doesn't care because I prayed and I've prayed and I've seen nothing. I get that. But that's not what this passage is saying. It's saying that if you obey Jesus' commands, then you are his friends. And here's the thing about friendships. Friendships take time. Friendships grow. At first, I mean, we, we all can relate to this. Friendships might seem like that nubby little branch with you know, the little windy stick with the nubby branches at, at the beginning. But, but the more you invest, the closer you'll get. And that's the relationship that Jesus is inviting you into. You're a branch. And Jesus is inviting you to become connected to and remain connected to him so that you can experience true life, so that you can bear the good kind of fruit and a lot of it, bear much fruit. Listen, it's the, it's the relationship that we were created for. It's only in him that we find true belonging. Now, before we close, I want to go over a couple different ways that can actually help us in our connection with God. Now, they're not new or innovative, but, but they're helpful. And the first is to read the word, the Bible, to, to establish a rhythm in your life that works for you where you're just spending some more time reading God's word. Now, back to the phone. In this season, I found that I've been spending more time looking at this and honestly, less time looking at the Bible. 
and have noticed that the different fruits in my life, the different products of my life have begun to look a lot like the thing that I'm the most connected to. I mean, honestly, in this season, things like anxiety, loneliness, division, cutting others out. And when I noticed the fruit and I realized the source, I knew that I had to do some vine management to read the word. And if you're wondering what the fruits of your life are, look to the main source that you're connected to. And the second thing is to talk with Jesus. That's what it means to pray. Here at Blackhawk for the month of October, we're looking at uh, prayer together as a community. And if you wanna learn more about that or, or even how you can join in that, I just wanna invite you to visit our website and look and, and study about what that could look like. But, but to establish some rhythms in your life where you're creating space to connect with Jesus through prayer. And the last is to seek God together. I mean, in God's vine, there are a lot of branches. So the invitation is to not be a lonely branch. Maybe it could look like you joining a group if you're not in a group. We're starting an Exploring Faith and New Believers group really soon at Blackhawk, and maybe it's joining that. Whatever it is to, to make the decision to become connected with others so that you can deepen your connection with God. And now about our connection with God, our passage for today, it's just really, really interesting. It's fascinating. The first 10 verses in our passage, in all those 10 verses, there's actually one word that appears 11 times. It's the word remain, remain. And the word remain means to continue to stay, especially where others have ceased. And, and, if, and if being connected to a body of believers, I mean, is any type of an indicator, recent surveys from the Barna Research Group found that one out of every three practicing Christians have stopped going to church, whether online or, or in person, they've just stopped since the beginning of COVID. I mean, we are becoming more and more disconnected. But all the while, in this passage, Jesus is pleading with us to remain. He's saying, remain in me, remain in me, remain in my love, remain in the vine, remain in me. I know there's distractions. I know that there are things that are, are pulling you apart. I know that you fall into sin. I hear that there's grace, there's love. Remain in me through all of it. What would it look like if we were people who remained? to remain connected to Jesus, the true vine, because it's only through that connection that we will experience true life and we will bear much fruit. Let's pray. And Jesus, remaining can be hard. Remaining can be tough. God, there are so many distractions out there. There are so many things that I feel are pulling at us. So many things that say, well, I'm a vine too. Become connected to me. Graft your life to me. Don't graft your life to what you think the true vine is. I'm more appealing. Your fruit will look different. But God, I pray that we can remain connected in you because it's only through that relationship that we will experience true belonging. Jesus, help us to be people who remain. 
God, help people right now who are listening to this. And if they're honest with themselves, they're saying, God, this season has been so hard. I'm hearing this invitation and this call to remain, but I don't even know how to start. I pray that you help us, Jesus, that you show us the way. You are a good gardener and you don't only cut, no. The purpose of a gardener is to grow the most beautiful fruit, the strongest fruit anywhere. So I pray that we can submit our lives to that no matter what we go through, Jesus. Help us remain. In your name we pray, amen.